Welcome to First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis, the birthplace of Congregational Humanism. We carry on that tradition of free thought today, dedicated to promoting a free search for truth, meaning, and justice. Our web address is firstunitarian.org. I'm David Breeden, Senior Minister. Welcome. Our theme for the month of December is mystery, as David said. Clichéd enough theme if you're talking about the mystery of Santa Claus or Christmas and that sort of thing. Yet the concept of mystery is not quite so easily dismissed by anyone who takes some time to think about it. I contend that in any sort of foundational, theological, or philosophical sort of thinking, the first rule is you got to have a theory of mystery. So I'll define mystery here. I think it's something unexplained or inadequately explained according to some. (laughs) And I think that's about all you can really say. I think when you start to think about it, a good question is who gets to say that one thing or another thing are mysteries? There is, after all, no office of official mysteries. (laughs) And yes, uh, there's no mystery I can't draw. So this is from my chat GBT. So there is a misspelling in it, and the reason for which is not mysterious, it's copyright, and trying to avoid copyright violations, right? And I'll be talking about my chatty little GBT a little bit later. But you get the picture. Who holds the rubber stamp that officially marks something as a mystery? For example, it is not a mystery how jet airplanes fly. There is no magic involved and claiming or thinking that there is magic involved is just plain old ignorant. Fact is, no one gets to choose which things or subjects are mysteries. The designation is, if you will, a communal decision based on worldwide information. Worldwide information being one of the main things I want to talk about today. So, let's think about some agreed-upon mysteries. How about cosmology? Mysteries include dark matter, dark energy, what the Big Bang actually looked like, and stuff like, you know, multiverses and things like that. Now, I love this. It's a really cool mystery to reflect on that we can only perceive 5% of total reality. Now, I don't understand even the most basic questions involved with this. I don't even know enough to have an opinion about this, frankly. But you know what? I can write a poem about it. (laughs) So, oh, dark matter, dark matter, where do you be? How come you're there? And why can't we see you? Are you playing hide-and-seek, or are you just shy? Are there out there in the cosmos where so many things fly? Oh, dark matter, dark energy, do you keep the galaxies spinning? 
Are you the universe's secret ingredient? Have you been hanging out since the beginning? Oh, we search, oh, we ponder, oh, we build telescopes, hoping for a glimpse of even an isotope of you. Oh, dark matter, oh, dark energy, don't be so aloof. Give us a clue, just a tiny poof. In other words, I won't be peering into any microscopes or telescopes or any other scopes for this cosmic mystery. I do, however, enjoy writing poems about it, which I, for one, think is a very fine thing to do with a mystery you don't really understand anyway. You know, when we talk about the Greeks, or really more prop properly the Mediterranean world before the Common Era, the reason we remember that time period in the three to five hundreds before the Common Era is because those folks in the Mediterranean for the first time decided that they wanted to talk about stuff, material, the world, the cosmos, without reference to the supernatural. It seems to have been the first time people thought of that, aside from maybe a few Hindu sects. Now let's face it, everything considered a mystery can be explained by referring to the supernatural. Why is the sky blue? It's easy if you get to tell a story. Oh yeah, that's the god so-and-so. Mm, you know, everybody knows that. With supernatural explanations, nothing has to be mysterious. But what about that natural world that people began to look at? There is where mystery arises. What is the true nature of time? Now, that's a mystery for you. It bringeth and it taketh away, as the King James Version of the Bible would tell us. Is there an arrow to it? Or is maybe a boomerang a better metaphor for time and how we fail in the face of the clock's stern face? Let's look at the work of a more sophisticated poet than I am, uh, Wallace Stevens. Now, in his poem, Sunday Morning, he wants to think about this mystery of time. So, he says, Is there no change of death in paradise? Does ripe fruit never fall? Or do the boughs hang always heavy in that perfect sky, unchanging yet so like our perishing earth, with rivers like our own that seek for seas they never find? the same receding shores that never touch with inarticulate pang. Why set the pear upon those riverbanks or spice the shores with odors of the plum? Alas, that they should wear our colors there, the silken weavings of our afternoons and pick the strings of our insipid lutes. Death is the mother of beauty, mystical, within whose burning bosom we devise our earthly mothers waiting sleeplessly. In those closing lines, alas, that they should wear our colors there, the silken weavings of our afternoons, and pick the strings of our insipid lutes. Heaven, Wallace Stevens asked, uh, is it really better than our earth? Is heaven only our earth frozen in time? What would that even mean, says the atheist Wallace Stevens. Can't our heavenly lutes be a bit better at playing music than the ones here on earth? 
And, of course, Wallace Stevens' most famous lines, death is the mother of beauty. Why? Because, I just knocked some glass out there. Why? Because of time and change. Death is the mother of beauty because of time and change and how we face those. The thought is actually more complex just a little bit, though. He says, death is the mother of beauty, mystical, within whose burning bosom we devise our earthly mothers waiting sleeplessly. Stevens is saying, I think, that death is the very essence of living. If you aren't destined to die, you can't be alive. Do the boughs hang always heavy in that perfect sky, unchanging, yet so like our perishing earth? The answer that Stevens offers is that eternity, timelessness, is not a gift at all. Now, did he know that for sure? Or was it a mystery to Mr. Stevens and to you and me? Well, yeah, it's a mystery to us all. Easy answer, time was a mystery to Wallace Stevens, but he made the choice to work with it in his poetry. Now, I decided to take a less dramatic shot at the subject and decided to write a parody country song. Why did I decide that? Inspiration, right? So, I wrote two lines. Times arrow, times arrow, it's going to hit you in the butt and have you dancing backwards in a temporal rut. <laughs> now, now, I wrote the first two of those lines, and uh, it's exactly like the great poetic trope at my back, I always hear times wing chariot hurrying near, except you know, mine's a little more folk, folky than that. It's going to hit you in the butt. Anyway, I put those two lines into my chat GBT, and I told it I was writing a parody country song, and respond, and my good buddy Chatty the GBT said, and have you dancing backwards in a temporal rut. It invented that particular bit. Now, where did it come up with that? Right? Well, all this is a mystery to me, by the way. And so I went on with the parody country song, Time Zero, Time Zero, it's going to hit you in the butt and have you dancing backwards in a temporal rut. Time Zero, Time Zero, spinning round and round. Yesterday's done tomorrow, but today can't be found. Well, okay, it ain't that good. But... You get the idea. Dave Lessler and I, could, you, you could do the washboard with that, and we could do a country song, right? We could, we could handle that. Thankfully, for me anyway, as a poet, mysteries just don't stop, do they? We can just keep working on things. What is human consciousness? Will artificial intelligence take over from flesh and blood poets? Uh, the prophet is already not a motive anyway. I mean, I got to admit that my chat generative pre-trained transformer, I looked it up. It, the machine won't tell you that, did you? Uh, unless you try to fool it. Chat generative pre-trained transformer, which is what GBT means in this context apparently, does not know my hillbilly dialect. So there you go. But it does have a pretty good, almost wicked sense of humor, I think. So there are mysteries everywhere. But are we scared? Or do we have some good fun with this? Anthropology, 
astronomy, astrophysics, physics, psychology, medicine, law, philosophy, mathematics. There's mysteries for everybody. We've got plenty of them. And for we artist types who don't get into scopes, well, we've got cuisine and we've got music, we've got zines, poems, dance, art, and all sorts of things to do because mystery is quite beautiful. So I typed uh, this uh, a good into my chatty GBT and I asked it to write a verse. So here we go. We are curious creatures and snoopy ones too. Strange, awkward primates, often without a clue, yet we put pen or brush to a mysterious space and out comes, out comes beauty and grace. And you know the weird thing about this poem that I typed in? Chat GBT failed me. It, did, it came up with this kind of rhymed doggerel. So, oh well, that's mysterious too. Sometimes it fails. But let's think about all of this for a moment. If my contention is correct, mystery and curiosity are driving forces in the arts and the sciences, and honestly, in just about everything we human beings do. But here's the thing. The mystery of dark matter is interesting, but remote for most of us. It's an academic thought. But what about mysteries that we do not understand, but we have to live with anyway? Questions such as, is there a self? Is there an authentic self? What does authentic even mean? Because, as a matter of fact, authenticity is Merriam-Webster's 2023 word of the year. Lots of people are thinking about what authenticity means, and there are lots of opinions going on nowadays with AI all around us. The mystery has become how to tell if something is real. But then, there's the counter-argument. A headline reading, authenticity is a sham. Authenticity is a sham? That's harsh. So I decided to go to my mysterious chatty buddy GBT to talk about this question. And I typed a start to a poem. Give me the first, the next two lines. And, and I wrote, am I authentic or merely real? I don't know. I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> sure, says my chat GBT. Here's a continuation of your poem. Am I authentic or merely real? Is this existence mine to feel or just a role I unconsciously steal? Now, it wrote those four lines. Okay, that's weird. So I wrote the next verse. Can I know that I'm really real? To which the response is, absolutely. Here's the next verse of your poem. Can I know that I'm really real, or is certainty just an ideal in a world constantly on the surreal real? <laughs> At that point, I decided to take some poetic license, and I rewrote my little poem, Authenticity and the Real. Who can pass that up? <laughs> so my poem, or is it? Am I authentic or merely real? Is this existence mine or just a role I steal unconsciously as I wander endless hallways of surrealistic reels? Now, it's not a particularly good poem, but here's a question. Is it a real poem? 
I mean, I could print it out and send it to a magazine. It might even get published. It's real. It's a thing. But is it authentic? <laughs> That's a mystery. You have perhaps anticipated my next move. I asked the real GBT what authentic means. So my real GBT told me what authentic means. In essence, authentic denotes the quality of being true, genuine, and not counterfeit or artificial, whether it's in reference to objects, experiences, or personal identity and actions. Hmm. This definition contrasts true and genuine with counterfeit and artificial. Is my poem written with my writing buddy, Chatty GBT, counterfeit or artificial? So I type this. Rewrite this poem in the manner of American poet Emily Dickinson, I told Chatty. <laughs> and I got this. In the style of Emily Dickinson, said my machine, known for her unique and unconventional use of punctuation, capitalization, and introspective themes, the poem might be reimagined as authenticity, a query. Am I myself or merely true? Is life, is it mine to pursue or but a part unwittingly took in life's vast unauthored book? Do I but steal without a thought as through strange endless halls I'm brought where reality and dreams entwine on the surrealistic wheel of time? Now, wait a minute. That poem is almost good. <laughs> and it's a pretty good fake of Emily Dickinson, if you know Emily Dickinson's work. Okay, now I couldn't leave this alone. So I had to turn it back into a contemporary-looking poem, so I rewrote the whole thing myself, the authentic me, and here's what I came up with. Authenticity, query. Am I myself or merely true? This life, is it mine or but an unwitting part in life's vast unauthored book? Do I only steal without thought? wandering endless halls where reality and dreams entwine on this surrealistic reel of time. Not great, not bad, it's a first draft. But is it real? Is it partially real? Is it kind of fake or all fake? It's a mystery to me, anyway. And I think each of us are going to have to decide for ourselves while we're going to deal with this one. I, for one, enjoy the fact that I can do this with my laptop computer. It's pretty cool. For me, anyway, recent developments in AI bring us closer to the dream of a free flow of information. The fluidity of information, if you will, strengthens our ability to share our free thought with the world that needs free thought today. But is it authentic? That remains an immediate and pressing mystery for us all. Is any of the poetry I've discussed today, besides Wallace Stevens, really, really real? And what was the great mystery of the self that I was talking about? 
I want to look at a quote from the great priest and author Thomas Merton, who died in 1968. He once wrote, In an age where there is much talk about being yourself, I reserve to myself the right to forget about being myself, since, in any case, there is very little chance of me being anybody else. (laughs) Rather, it seems to me that when one is too intent on being himself, he runs the risk of impersonating a shadow. That's pretty smart when you stop and think about it. Think about the stories that go on in our culture that we listen to all the time. Moses, okay, here, think about Moses for a moment. Moses spent 40 years in the desert in order to find himself, I guess, something. Jesus spent 40 days in the desert to find himself, 40 years, 40 days, okay? Now, I bet there's a guru out there right now I can find on YouTube who will promise me to find myself in 40 minutes. <laughs> what do you want to bet? But there's no mystery here, is it? Not really. These are the stories in our culture that we tell ourselves, and we think they mean something. Moses spent 40 years in the desert to build a nation. That's what the good book tells us. Jesus spent 40 days in the desert to create himself. Now, I have to wonder, is the difference there a failure of ambition? (laughs) But then again, the nation that Moses built and the worldwide conversion of humanity to Christianity, neither of those have worked out all that well, have they? Time is telling us there have been some confusions and mistakes. The 19th century writer Oscar Wilde called Jesus the first individualist. But we see where individualism has taken our culture. There's no mystery about that. The mystery's deeper. It's about finding personal meaning and purpose within the larger social and political worlds that we inhabit. That's where ourselves, if there is one, must be today. So I'll leave you with a mystery to ponder. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's by Wei Wu Wei, which is the pen name for the British Dallas Terence Gray. He wrote this. Why are you unhappy? Because 99.9% of everything you think and of everything you do is for yourself. And there isn't one. Talk about a mystery. Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.